on ETX Life Podcast, we invite you to take a peek behind the Pine Curtain with us as we work to create a culture of supporting women in the East Texas area. Journey with us as we share experiences, create connections, and offer insights on life and business. It's It's all good in in the Piney Woods. Welcome to another episode of ETX Podcast. I'm Sierra and I'm here with my co-host Holly. Hello, Holly. Hey, Sierra. I'm pretty excited. You're bringing us some new friends to talk to on the podcast today. Yes. So I have come in contact through my day job as a Tyler with Jen and Kristen who own Destination Innovate and they are doing some consulting work for us, but I just found them to be kindred spirits. Yes, like women in you business. You and I, they're partners. women in business. They're fun. They have good heads on their shoulders um, as far as the working environment, climate. Yeah, work-life all balance. All that work-life balance, well, yes. good. Well, let's, let's get them on here, and I'm looking forward to learning more. Okay, Holly, so who is on ETX Podcast with us? So we have Kristen Cruz and Jen Barbie from Destination Innovate. They are women business owners. Kristen is now in East Texan. She got converted. Yes. <laughs> and deep in the marketing tourism arena, which you know we love to talk about. So welcome, Kristen and Jen, to the yes, show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got started in this industry? Sure. Oh, our favorite well, subject. Kristen, you go. Yes. <laughs> so um, Jen and I actually have been working together for a little more than 20 years now. So I started in marketing and tourism in 2001, which seems kind of crazy to even say that now, but 2001, I started with a little agency in um, South Texas doing destination marketing, and I've sort of just evolved in that same lane my entire career. I actually was born in East Texas, raised in East Texas, moved to South Texas for a little while, moved up to New York for a little while, and then landed back in East Texas. So, so you're not a convert. Home. You had roots no, here. Yeah. yeah. Family's here and friends are here. Okay. Well, that's familiar different. territory. I just didn't realize home. that. Yeah. yeah so you yeah, came back. We grew up in a little town, Mount Pleasant, Texas, mm-hmm. which you guys know is very know close it well. to here. Mm-hmm. Very deep in, in little old East Texas. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, I, I feel very much like marketing in the East Texas area just in general is really more like a passion project it's not necessarily work in a lot of ways it's you know it's kind of marketing home it's kind of getting back into a familiar territory and doing something that feels like it's you know it's familiar and Mm -hmm. good for the community and it's good you know just it just it feels good yeah you're invested in it for that reason you have have connections yeah and now you have some stake in the game your family's (laughs) growing up here (laughs) and she's so humble but I'm about to fix that (laughs) tell us tell us Kristen is also an Emmy award winner what What? that's this is like a trivia fast fact you should have done two truths and a lie because I definitely would have said no way it's so funny. Jen will tell this to a waiter walks up to our table and she buries the lead and our job is not to bury the lead. Yeah, no way. kidding. You know, kidding. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I have to know more well, though. Thank you. Tell me more. Tell it, me more. It was actually um, our first uh, or the first ever reality series for a destination. Get oh. lost in Loudon. Huh. Oh. It was about 10, 
12 years ago now. Seems yeah. doesn't seem that long ago, but it's actually that long. Feels like a yeah. lifetime, yeah. Um, no, it was very much a team effort. Yes, I led the project, and yes, it was very much a team effort. I don't like bragging about it because I feel like we all collectively, the tourism a group that we worked with, Jen, our, our team, we all collectively won an Emmy. So it wasn't necessarily Kristen did. Whose shelf but is yes, it sitting on? It was on? a very, <laughs> do you highlight. Do of, you share yeah. uh, like the ownership? The sh- Does it move around? Does the Emmy get to sit well, on? Well, the client has the Emmy. The client has the Emmy. Okay. Of course. I mean, it's their, their project. Right. We did get a little pic that we have tucked away. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> somebody ever questions, I'm like, look, there is. It's true. It really happens. <laughs> that needs to be on the website. No oh, award winning (laughs) we literally just talked about that in our last episode we talked about small businesses bragging on themselves yes that's that's really fun it's it's sometimes harder to do it is a little you know but sort of trained not to do that I i know i know our our staff there at visit tyler they're all they're all kind of that way and i as the public relation mind i i go behind on being like no, we're sending out a press release about that <laughs> award or this award. I'm like, don't, it's not about you. It's about getting us some, yes, some love right. here. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So my story starts a little before all of y'all's, I'm sure, because I think I've got a little more age on you. But um, I started in the industry, and Kristen's going to love hearing this again. And actually, uh, when I got my first computer, my TRS-80 color computer from Radio Shack in 1984. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I actually, I mean, that was a career, obviously. I'm yeah. at home trying to learn how to code. I thought it was war games. I thought I was going to hack the TV station. <laughs> Using the Mount DOS Pleasant, system. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just kind of naturally made me, I was just more interested in technology than most people kind of around me in that time, you know, in the early 80s growing up. So when it came to college time in, in 91, it's actually when I started in the industry because mm-hmm. I actually could build a website by then. So I started mm-hmm. in a whole different realm. I started in tech only. And when you're building websites in the early 90s, right before the World Wide Web even opened up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. no one looks at you as a marketer. And we didn't right. even know it was a marketing tool. I mean, it was yeah, so much soon. fun to be in the genesis of that time Yeah, where wow. I had one um, client tell me and actually became a huge fan, but his VP of marketing had hired me. So I flew in to meet him, the CEO in Florida. And he said, you know what, Jen? I don't really understand people who could spend two or three hours a week on the internet. <laughs> but then again, I don't really understand pedophiles. Oh! <laughs> and I was oh. like, did this man just... <laughs> That's a segue. became my biggest fan ever. So just those kind of weird conversations at the get-go. Yeah, yeah I guess, segue. I mean... It was a weird it was era new. in the early, like, late 90s, early 2000s. It was <laughs> new, like, yeah. It's weird. Yeah gray area we never thought we would see where you know today sit today. back mm-hmm. right exactly so much has changed in such a short amount of time yeah. for sure so mm-hmm. technology still plays a big role in what you're doing now so how has Absolutely. that kind of evolved since since then for you it's obviously a much bigger tool well we primarily oh, yeah. stayed a digital agency we do are we are full service mm-hmm. and we work a lot in destination development and strategy now but the core of actual services are still very much digital data tech related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what mm-hmm. people need, right? They want numbers yeah. right. to know how to and get a return. Where, and mm-hmm. that's where the travelers are. That's where the meeting planners are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you got to fish where the fish are, right? Right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. When did you guys start destination innovate? So we worked at the agency together that Kristen mentioned Okay. Uh, d- down in South Texas. And then we both left that agency 
and then we worked together at an agency, uh, Jennifer Barbie Inc. together for a while. And then we had, you know, life happened and we both had younger babies and we took a break from that for a little while. And then I get a call from this one in 2017 that said, all right, you ready? I'm like, let's right, go. <laughs> Do it again. It's time to pull everything back together. Get the band so back together. We became, exactly. That's how we became Destination Innovate. So it was sort of a, yeah, it was kind of a comeback to the industry, but rebranded, kind of refreshed sort of approach. And we, you know, we had some different goals when we came back in 2017. We weren't in that. We had families, larger families at that point, more kids, you know, quality of life was a huge like mm -hmm. factor for us. We did sure. not want to work 70 hours a week and take on these like large tier destinations with these giant contracts. We really just wanted to do what we love, but not be overwhelmed by work and, mm -hmm. or feel stressed with, you know, cause you're also owning a business. So there's just so many more aspects to work. Well, this is a huge topic that we discuss on a regular mm -hmm. basis, um, balancing mm -hmm. and, you know, it's nearly impossible. We all try our best. So do you, both of you have some advice to other, especially women business owners? Because we know that a lot of typical household duties and childcare tend to fall on women. So what would some of your helpful hints be? Stop doing it until your partner does it because it's so dirty. <laughs> then it just doesn't get done, Jen. I hate to say it. Then it just does not get done. <laughs> We're going to have to talk to that, Dale. Well, I mean, hey, if the laundry piles up high enough, give me a coffee table. So drink on it. Right, right. <laughs> he'll, he'll be looking for a pair of underwear at one point. No, but, but really, I think the most important thing, especially for a, a woman business owner, is know what you're good at. Mm -hmm. and hire mm -hmm. everything else out that you're not good. Don't try to, don't try to be great at numbers. Don't try mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't you can't be all the well as a professional that can help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think right. that's great advice. And, and I would say also, you know, the first time Jen and I started up our agency, um, JB Inc. I had a six week old Jen was, oh, yes. was, was just like born. Old. My daughter was just born and it seemed overwhelming at the time because I would be working from home. I had a newborn child. I had already had an eight-year-old. Like we, like we, it was, you know, full on. And the second time we came back together, my youngest was still in diapers. Like oh, yeah. it, I think sometimes things seem overwhelming in when you're really kind of overthinking it, like looking mm -hmm. back, I thought, what was I thinking? Like, why would I choose <laughs> to do all of like, why do I pick the, those times to like do all things um but I think if you take it day at a time like don't mm -hmm. think about all the things that go into starting up and getting going all at the same time just kind of put them in a list prioritize them and just think about those things individually and just go one day at a time because if you look back like for me if I look back over the last five years and think about this second round of us doing this if I'd have thought of all the things that we have mm -hmm. we had to do to get to this point I don't think I would have had you know what I'm saying I yeah. would not have would not have been able to really like fathom being here it would have felt so overwhelming that I probably wouldn't have done it that yes so wouldn't even just, got up. I think yeah. that's especially good. running a small business through the pandemic Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I know now. I'm so proud of where we are now, but knowing everything, like Kristen said, the past five years that we went through, mm -hmm. and I'd taken that phone call from her, I'd say, new phone, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> right. 
it's been a more challenging but more rewarding last five mm -hmm. than the 25 previous for me well that's encouraging to hear and a lot of that's just perspective and experience mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. you've looked at things and then having each other so there's something to be said for having that partnership so yeah and it's interesting to hear you say that Kristen because um, from the client side of things, working with you guys, I feel like that's what y'all have taken our project as and taken that weight that some of us had on getting it off of the ground and broke it up into manageable pieces. Mm, some tears. That yeah. we weren't really able to do on our own. And that was the benefit of bringing you guys in who already has experience in some of those things. And like you said, hiring out what you don't know how to do mm -hmm. um, you know and and we've had to do I don't that have a few the bandwidth times. for it's been the sure. last time for us too we've really noticed a big shift especially in destinations a lot is just compression and needing like talent on tap right you know so some a lot of that's bandwidth yeah yeah a hundred percent it's true just to allow because I, I think one of the things that that business owners initially think about and they get overwhelmed with is sort of the financial aspect and i can mm -hmm. say even going like number two on like running a business together, Jen and I, like even out of the gate on the second time we were like, okay, the first thing we need to do is we need to find a good accountant. Cause we mm -hmm. still, after having a business for so many years and going through all that, we still would not want to even touch it. Like that yeah. we have not gained any new knowledge <laughs> right. in that realm of like business taxes and accounting. Like if oh, I, we let them do that. We I can let them a, do that. I can read a profit statement and I can read an EBITDA. Other than that, <laughs> yeah. let the professionals it. handle the financial part. Because I think that's like the first thing that when I, when a new potential business owner approaches me, they're like, what do you think I should do first? Get your finances in order and then mm -hmm. get somebody in order to manage your finances. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so you can focus on and in your business, not dealing with the numbers game because that is like, it's just a whole, just very overwhelming. And it also brings a lot of stress into the early stages of starting. It's a its own job for sure. For a yeah. reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So you two have been working together a long time. You're probably somewhat like a, a couple in that sense, right? So you both probably have strengths that the other one may not have. So can you Absolutely. kind of explain uh, those strengths and how you kind of come together? Because a lot of people work in duos and or pairs. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let Jen explain because she does a much better job than I do. All right, Jen, I'm you're long-winded. <laughs> Well, I think that's something that, of course, we knew, like, like you guys know, we were both in the same small town. We grew up, I mean, we've known each other a lot longer than we've even worked together. So there's kind of that natural piece in there. And, and Kristen's the logical one. And she's the mm -hmm. one that keeps me from wearing my tinfoil hat all day long because <laughs> I could go there. <laughs> but we both have, we both, you know, enjoy those things together too. So we both enjoy vision and strategy and just really working off of each other, you know, we'll, we'll think of different things. So I'd say most, 90% of what we do is still very, very together and collaborative. And then the other 10% will be, okay, we need somebody level-headed. That's going to be Kristen's decision. <laughs> we, need a passion, we need a passion decision or let's risk it all. <laughs> that's okay. Be you. okay, that's fair. That's a, a good big breakdown. picture person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always say Jen lives in the clouds and Kristen like lives on the ground. Like mm -hmm. she's like, you know, like the, Jen's the pilot. She's up in the air, just woo. And yeah. I'm at the like, okay, you need to land right here. Right. Like, right. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is so funny. That is a hundred percent me and Sherry. A hundred percent. And for our listeners, Sherry is my boss at the CBB and we work 
exactly like that. Yeah, she's got tons of good ideas. Tons of good ideas. ideas. And I'm like, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, right here. Yeah, Uh, you have to have the grounding (laughs) side of things for sure. Yeah, right. I'll give you a great example, a quick one too. Way back, um, 2009, right, Kristen, Panama City Beach. So. Mm I'm so excited. We get the opportunity. I go and I pitch this and I'm like, we're going to make a completely personalized website. This is 2009. Facebook hadn't even really launched yet. Then I come back and I'm like, Kristen, we got it. Here's what we're going to do. She's like, all right. And we got it done. (laughs) I did did not go with her to the pitch. So when you don't (laughs) go with Jen to the pitch, just be prepared that what you signed up for. Right. Need to invent some things, like, <laughs> you know, like figure out how something works or needs to work because it's very like big picture. It's more, it's more the idea in the end piece that Jen visualizes. She's really great at that. And then, mm-hmm. but I'm at, I'm kind of the person that starts at the get go. Like, hey, how do we get, yeah, this, from A like, to how B, how do we get from mm-hmm. this point to your grand idea? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those are always fun. So, Jen doesn't travel by herself anymore. Christian's yeah. not allowed, <laughs> she's a chaperone. <laughs> I'm not allowed to pitch by myself and I'm not allowed to go into a Verizon store anymore. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a story. That could be expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so from starting your own business and you've started a couple of times, which I think is important to note, um, because you guys aren't alone in this. And I think sometimes people will start it life changes and just, completely leave it and never come back to it and and think that see that as a failure maybe Mm -hmm. so I think that's important to note that you've started up a couple of times but what do y'all think has been the biggest challenges in starting your own small business and the biggest payoffs well I think for the like Kristen mentioned the biggest challenges are are like trying to figure out what our structure is who are we what is this now Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be your first thing you've got to start with a why and the why and destination to innovate was a completely different why than when we did JB Inc. Mm-hmm. So that to me is is really important to see. But I, you know, honestly, neither one of us we don't see failures. There's no such thing as a failure. That didn't work. That's just one way it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Find yeah. another way to have it. So I think the tenacity, get, keeping that tenacity, and mm-hmm. like Kristen said, and like we joked about earlier about maintaining, you know, juggling family and home and all of that. The truth is, it just takes a lot of tenacity and fluidity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I would also add to that, I think it I, it can seem discouraging. Like if you do get something going and for whatever reason you have to take a break or, you know, something doesn't work out the way you want to. I feel like when we started the second go around, we had all these lessons learned. We had all mm-hmm. of these things that we found that worked well, that didn't work well. Um, so we literally do not feel like anything that we technically quote unquote fail at is a failure for us. In like, in, in the, I would say in the last five years, we've learned a lot. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of things that we wish we would maybe have done differently that we can learn from, but we just, the failure just doesn't, it, once you kind of get this going back again, it feels like you are learning consistently. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, we kind of take that failure, that vocabulary completely off the table. Don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we are in a much better space having done this before, even because, you know, there was, it was a different time pre, you know, pandemic. There was a lot of different things in, you know, mid 2000s that kind of changed the mm-hmm. game for us at that point that are different now, but there's so many things that had we not done that the first time that we would be in a completely different boat now. So for anyone listening that feels like 
you can't pick it back up again, you really can. And you can mm-hmm. actually learn from what you went through that first go round. Yeah. We, we like to use that word strong. pivot a lot. Yeah. It was a pivot. You yeah. know, it was a yes. shift, a shift or a pivot. And that seems mm-hmm. to kind of just reframing, like you were saying, that language and that perspective. And a lot of mm-hmm. that is who you choose to be around. And that's something that Holly and I talk about a lot on this show is, you Mm -hmm. know, we want to be women that are supporting other women and building other women up and not being critical. Or if you do have a criticism, then you should also come with a solution or something helpful. So in your experience and, and throughout this evolution of your partnership, and can you pinpoint anything, either of you, that maybe it was from each other or an outside source that really kind of helped get you over like, a hump that you were, you know, stuck on, or maybe you felt like you had plateaued. Was there a resource or a person or a mentor that kind of helped get you out of that? Well, I think for me, it was 2004 when I uh, was working uh, one of our contracts with the state of Mississippi. And the tourism director then, uh, Darian Mobley, who was Darian Wilson then, was like my first big state contract. I was super excited. I was overworking. I was traveling and I hadn't been home and probably two months at this time when I was down at the state of Mississippi and she turned to me and she said, I see it on you and you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. it. That completely changed. You needed to hear that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so important. <laughs> yes, too. it is. It is. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And things mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes we, especially, I think there's a, a certain type of personality that is an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. And then also, mothers and Mm -hmm. women on top of that you kind of feel like you have to hold it all and juggle everything Mm -hmm. all at the same time super responsible Mm -hmm. and yeah you have so many people relying on you you don't want to let anyone down don't want to let anyone down but it is important to take that time for yourself and um, recognize your limits right refill that cup refill that cup it is yeah and re-engage in that because I'm telling you as a mother I use my kids as resources. I could tell you my daughter's work, Kristen's son's work with us. Mm-hmm. My other daughter makes TikToks for our clients. Like, you go and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. No kidding. That's we've nice. we've had Sierra's daughter on the podcast before. We've that's made right. her work. Yeah, that's right. Actually, it. my stepdaughter, she edits our podcast. For yeah, us. and your stepdaughter. Shout out to Megan. I love hearing when we as moms or as mentors, however we want to, say it we can get the youngins involved in some way where they're benefiting you know it's obviously benefiting their Mm -hmm. education and what they you know kind of need because we're it's going digital I mean Mm -hmm. our kids need to know how to use all these tools that we're using today but also it kind of just it definitely brings a layer to the table it from a business standpoint where you do feel like okay this is you know Yes, it's a business, but it's also it's also a platform mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. learning and teaching and it mentoring yeah. and you know doing. I love working with my my son. Like I love like bouncing ideas. It just you know you just it's it's just different. I love that. I and I love hearing other businesses that are able to do that. It just feels so fulfilling. I agree. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. that's a nice perspective. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of y'all's projects that you have going on because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the tourism industry is an interesting industry and has gotten even more challenging Mm -hmm. um, with COVID and the landscape has just changed so much. Um, So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what you're seeing in other communities um, what's really working, what's, what are people looking for when they travel and even relocate to 
two places and um, what are some fun projects that y'all have going on? Well, I think the, the biggest takeaway we've had just kind of how we sit on lifestyle too, uh, coming out of the pandemic is people are not holding on their vacation anymore. They're, they're living life. They're going out. So there's more appetite than ever. Mm-hmm. for tourism I think people and are calling it revenge travel yes. <laughs> like not only are people do, traveling more but they're spending more on hotels mm-hmm. and luxury items than ever before too they're treating themselves treat treat yourself <laughs> right right and that works it's actually one of our our real fun projects we just started with uh being the agency of record for CIE tours international which is partially owned by the, uh, Ireland so oh. we get to market Ireland and oh, Italy wow. and Iceland and wow. Scotland. We've had a lot of fun. That's been an amazing project for us. I'll be your assistant when you go to those <laughs> meetings. Exactly. What can we do to help? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we need an ETX podcast ladies retreat. I think yes, so. I we think do. so. In <laughs> Ireland. In Ireland. Yes. Yes. Broadcasting live from Ireland. Right. I love it. <laughs> it's on, going global. On location. <laughs> No, I will say to Jen's point too, I think obviously the bucket list travel has a whole new mm-hmm. meaning to it post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we also see in a grander scale that people when they travel, just in general, travelers will go to places and support small businesses mm-hmm. and shop local and do all of those things that feel like they're benefiting the businesses that really survived through the pandemic. I think that just as people, we really, we all realize just how much small businesses rely on just locals, just mm-hmm. to survive, right. just to, mm-hmm. you know, how much they need that person to step out of their house and go order food or, mm-hmm. you know, stop in to get a manicure, whatever those little things are that we take for granted. I think we all kind of collectively realized it. And so, you know, you find travelers today, they are really making it a point to go, go to downtowns and spend Would time. Rather. Yeah, in those areas where they can support those smaller businesses and do more of that local shopping, you know, farmers markets are like a much bigger deal now than they Mm -hmm. were before. And, you know, boutique hotels and those roadside motels made a comeback, like all of those things that we sort of lost track of, um, just in all of the ways that people can vacation, it just feels like that made such a, it just, it's definitely made an impact. Yeah, um, I can the, see that for pandemic. sure. And I was going to ask you, because I've seen so many more um, different people or, or organizations uh, offering experiences, right? Because yeah. you, yes. ha- you all have kids, so you understand your kid has way too much stuff. You start to focus mm-hmm. on, okay, experiences, memories. How can we make these memories? And I know there's mm-hmm. always going to be a market for you know, travel that's a little more manufactured. Yes. Thank you. A little (laughs) more, not so connected to the uh, quote unquote experience or story. Mm -hmm. But, um, I will say that in the last couple of years, people are seeking out that connection. They Mm -hmm. don't want to go to a chain restaurant. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they don't want to do that. They want to have that connection. So to to that point, how do you feel like that is, has been shifting from your perspective and can small businesses, how do they take advantage of that in their towns? I mean, what's what's great is that that mindset was actually already shifting prior to pandemic even mm-hmm. happening. Just, you know, just new travelers coming to the market, the millennials coming to the market, they have different values. And so mm-hmm. that manufactured experience is not as as cool or as good to them anyway as going to your local coffee shop and right. talking to the barista and understanding right. and having a little relationship mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of happening. And this just put a spotlight. I think it amplified it. 
And what I think is a benefit, especially for destinations the size of Tyler, is you know before you, they uh, travelers were just much more about a manufacturer. We're going to do Orlando. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the beach. We're going to do a theme park. A, a completely manufactured tourism experience. And now looking for more authentic, it may be the cool art installation, you know, somewhere yeah, they want to see. It's more about that too. They're seeking that kind of unique experiences. And mm -hmm. while they're doing that, yes, their small businesses just need to keep their presence up on social media. So these kinds of travelers know about them. So they know where to and find point them. Out your unique, mm -hmm. Yeah. Find them. And what's unique? What's different about it? That's right. what's going to tell, you know, let them know what to do. So definitely yeah. if you feel like your social media presence doesn't have a clear message about who you are and your brand and what mm -hmm. you're offering, you know, maybe you ask someone else, hey, can you take a look at this for me yeah. and yeah. tell me what you see? Because <laughs> yeah. obviously it might, might not translate sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And coming from a DMO here in Tyler, Visit Tyler, we always like to say it's it's a partnership. Our job is to bring the people to you. It is mm -hmm. your job to get them in your doors and give them an experience that keeps them coming back again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we've been working with you guys through Visit Tyler. And y'all are working on our Tyler Arts and Culture Collective that is still getting up off the ground. More to come mm -hmm. in the future months of that so wait on pins and needles for the full <laughs> announcement of that but I thought y'all's perspective on the arts and cultural community here in Tyler which is one of those things that people are seeking out it when ties they, in yeah mm -hmm. when they when they are relocating or when they're traveling mm -hmm. but I thought y'all did extensive research on not just Tyler, but the whole arts and cultural community of East Texas area. And I thought y'all's perspective was interesting. Would y'all mind sharing some of yeah, some the of the things that you found, some of the things that maybe um, you were surprised about? What, what places did y'all like to see the most as coming into Tyler with fresh eyes? Well, first I will say the downtown is is un, I mean it's, it's so much better in person than than I had remembered and of course growing up you know growing up in Mount Pleasant mm -hmm. you want to go to the mall you went to Longview or Tyler so yeah. let's go to Tyler Tyler's always nicer it was bougie not bougie back then to us <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> at any rate so the downtown area so much potential and the art uh the art alley just the incredible pieces of of artistry that's come out of Tyler mm -hmm. I didn't expect to see you know mm -hmm. Yeah. Kristen and I have both had the luxury of living in New York and going to the MoMA and the Guggenheim. And so honestly, you guys have artists locally in East Texas on par with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. mind blowing. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Little hidden and, gem. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just a, you know, I feel like there are so many of those smaller towns in East Texas that are sort of these little hidden gems, right? Mm -hmm. That have these quaint downtowns and these you know, kind of historic areas. And mm -hmm. um, it's really refreshing to see travelers, visitors, uh, road trippers who are like, who want to see that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. who really kind of like, I'm a downtown freak. I don't know how else to explain it. Like when I go to a place, I'm like, I want to go downtown. Like I want to mm -hmm. see what's downtown. Even if it's like mm -hmm. a ghost town, I just want to see, I just want to walk it. I want to see kind of what's happening. It's, you know, I love that local feel. I feel like I can mm -hmm. get a taste of the culture and the art scene when I go downtown. Um, and like Jen mentioned, the downtown Tyler is not what I remember when mm -hmm. growing up and we come to Tyler. It's 
it's transformed into such a scene. There's, you know, more modernized, but very hip, but, but also very quaint restaurants. It's like this great mixture of art and culture and food and fun. And you have this, you know, great theater downtown. There's all of these things that kind of bring it to life. Um, and even getting out of downtown and kind of getting out into Tyler, it just seems so much more expansive. You've got so many more areas of it that just feel uh-huh. very historic, but mm-hmm. fresh, great parks and so much greenery. But then you have, you see all these little things mixed in. You see these murals popping up everywhere and you see all the art um, installations kind of happening in various spots. And you know, what's funny is we notice those things now. Mm-hmm. Just as yeah. a society, I think people notice the pops of color and the mm-hmm. graffiti art. And it's just, it feels different. I think when you, when you really think about just where we are as a society with, you know, supporting musicians and supporting local artists and, and how, and seeing how much struggle it takes for them to really get their art out there. Um, Mm -hmm. We, we, there's just, it's so much, there's so much more awareness with social media now for artists. So that feels, it feels really great to see that. And I think collectively East Texas is just a great, you know, you can easily pop in and do all of those things in several different spots, including Tyler in like a day trip or two, you know, it's so easy. Well, and I think that was from our research and from our surveys and a little bit of social media stalking. <laughs> you know, to me, one it's of the research, biggest... Jen, it's not stalking. It's research. <laughs> it's not stalking if you get paid for it. Right? There you go. That's there you right. Go. That's right. Hey, I always say if you put it out there, it ain't stalking. <laughs> true. That is true. But through that, I think for me, again, my perception of course, I've been out of East Texas for decades now. So the perception of growing up in an 80s environment and then looking right. and reading those answers and the surveys and just the groups and the residents and the appetite for being mm-hmm. modern in the yeah. way people look at art was really surprising. There were even suggestions for, you know, we consider more underground art, like tattoo art and just like the art, the artistry mm-hmm. that's and the appetite for the artistry to me was also just like, wow. Tyler's residents and and area, they're really with it. So I think the perception, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge with this collective to get over is, is the perception that because it's maybe a little more rural Mm -hmm. or East Texas, just that whole perception of it not being. Yeah. That we're just riding a bunch of horses around with our. Hey, there's art for that. That could be art too, though. Yeah. People who do saddles and stuff. Yeah. Art, art is for all. That's right. That's right. It's. It's really great to hear y'all say that. And Kristen, I hadn't really thought about the downtown and some of the places that the city's done a really good job of protecting the history, but also allowing Mm -hmm. the creatives to come in and make something new. So it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, in a lot of places downtown, which is kind of full. It's a good reflection of the population, I feel like, of Tyler, really. Mm -hmm. It is. You have so many people that have moved away thinking, oh, I live in this small town. I can't wait to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And they go to a bigger city. But then, you know, maybe they've experienced that. And whether they want to start a family or maybe they want to buy a house and it's so much more affordable. And they come back and they bring all of that experience with them that they've gained maybe from a bigger city. And then I feel like they have a greater appreciation sometimes for what Tyler or, or East Texas has mm-hmm. to offer um, because there is that kind of hidden hidden gem. We use it a lot. I mean, that's how yeah. I describe East Texas. So that's really good to hear. And I hope that 
local people that are listening take a little more time maybe to research what is available to them just within mm-hmm. a day trip or you know mm-hmm. a two-day trip and mm-hmm. be a tourist oh, yeah. in your own backyard like we always exactly. say right yes. right and it's really nice to hear those that are coming from Dallas or Houston or just some of the larger cities where there is just a larger much more of a cultural dynamic in those places come here and go wow I didn't realize you guys had so many live music spots or so many places mm-hmm. to go see art or mm-hmm. so many just culturally diverse attractions um, throughout the city and that is that's what really you know when we found this property and decided that you know we wanted to potentially buy it you know it that was one of the things that really kind of overwhelmed us just in making the decision was just so many people coming from the larger cities going you don't realize how much Tyler has to offer if you've yeah. lived here all your life and you haven't really lived in these other places, it may not, it just, there's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So that for us was really important. And I think that's really important for those that are moving here to kind of, to, to see that from that perspective too. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I run our event calendar on it's, it's for Tyler, but a little regionally as well. Um, but I always say like, if you can't find something to do in Tyler, you are not looking because I mean, we have, to, we have to pay someone to help us keep mm-hmm. up with the event calendar alone, alone. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of creative people here in this area. And I'm happy that there's been more avenues for them to get connected and stay here because definitely we want to keep that talent here in East Texas. We want them raising their families here, sending their kids to school here, building their businesses here. That's true. And then you two have a podcast as well. Is that right? We do. We do. It's called Travel Market Insider. Okay. TMI. The T- TMI. TMI. I like that TMI. little play We call on. it the T of travel. We I like that. the T a little bit. So what yeah. can- I will say our oh. next one, our next uh, podcast will be TMI off the record. Oh, I like it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> so what can people expect the- to learn about from yeah. your podcast? What's your focus? So obviously most of our focus is on tourism in the, in the tourism industry. And uh, what we've been running down is we had a, a great piece that we launched off the beginning of this year with, which is 22 questions to keep you curious. Oh, I love that. For like DMOs it. this mm-hmm. year. So it was all about like the year of curiosity. So it wasn't pushing advice more sure. than pulling maybe a question, mm-hmm. some thought starters. So we've mm-hmm. been, we've been doing that podcast this year, just kind of running down our list and having real conversations yes. on each one of those questions. And it really is. I mean, the topics are really a mixture of DMO pain points, you know, retaining mm-hmm. talent, finding mm-hmm. new talent, um, trying to satisfy, you know, city leadership and boards and trying to kind of be that be all organization um, that can get really overwhelming. And we dive into a lot of things, a lot of tactical things that marketing teams could really, um, you know, use like, you know, measuring benchmarks and new tools that are coming into the space that, you know, they could benefit from. So it ranges from topics, but we really try to keep it very, we try to keep our pulse on the market. So Travel mm-hmm. Market Insider is really very relative to whatever's going on, you know, in the market at that particular time. Like we mm-hmm. just, we want it to be very much real time, real issues kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, how do you think, how would you suggest that people residents can get connected in their own communities 
and you know be one of those ambassadors for for their own community that i mean that residents are the most important marketers of your mm-hmm. community so and then we always hear a lot of people this is what i hate to hear is do you know what Tyler needs? And I'm like, oh, yes, I agree. And these are the ways that you can volunteer for that. Yeah. Um, what do you suggest to people for, um, you know, if you want to see something changed in your community, what's the best way to do that and how can you get connected? I, I will say for me, when I first moved here, it's only been a couple months at this point. But when I first moved back to this area, I joined every Facebook group known to man that had any larger following of people where I could just join in on the conversations. A lot of times people just want to be heard and they want opinions and that sort of thing, but you can really find a lot of really genuine ambassadors in those groups that just want to get something started that they haven't been able to. And they just kind of need a group of people. They need some volunteers. So volunteer, you know, join up. I mean, there's some moms groups in the area Um, that do some meetups and they have kind of their own thing going where they, you know, do different things for different events and things. I mean, there are so many ways through social media to just meet up with people and just kind of just get involved in some little way, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing where you have to all of a sudden become this social butterfly. But I just felt like joining the Facebook groups at the very minimum, what you just Mm -hmm. learned so much. And then you also kind of understand some of the organizations that aren't very vocal about what they do and their mission and what they're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. But man, they do, there's a lot going on in social media about them. That's a good yeah. point. So Cause you can be, you can be a yeah. passive participant or you can yeah. participate right. as, as you want. So right. I, I like that idea. That's a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. I, to- I totally agree with that. And just like my grandma told me, uh, when you say somebody ought to do something, that's God's way of telling you, you just volunteered. Right. <laughs> that's I'm going to start one. using that. That's a good one. <laughs> Encouraging that, that, you know, that activity is, is big. And I think the biggest thing for residents is to make sure that they are always educated from a DMO perspective, mm-hmm. that marketing and bringing uh, tourism and, you know, other groups in, mm-hmm. it's not coming out of their taxes, which, right. you, know, is a big, you know, making sure that the, uh, that the residents completely understand the role of the DMO and how it benefits them and right. welcoming visitors in and what it does for them, their children, their community. That's a good point. I think that that's often underrepresented. Right. Um, that's mm-hmm. one of those things people just think, oh, like you said, oh, it must be I'm paying for that or I'm mm-hmm. and can be even resentful right. of it. Right. Actually, it's right. like you hear people talk about, well, I shouldn't have to pay that school tax. I don't have any kids in school. And you're like, well, yeah, but it sort of affects everybody the entire and community. everything. <laughs> so, so in this case, you're not paying for it and you get all the benefits of it. So all the more reason to be um, involved Welcoming. and promote it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We in East Texas, no place in East Texas is in danger of over tourism yet. So, <laughs> right, not yet, not yet. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, what are some of y'all's final thoughts for our listeners? We have listeners that are small business owners. A lot of women listen to our podcast, but not even if they own a business, but professionals in the community. What are y'all's final thoughts to leave them your, with? Your takeaway. Your takeaway. <laughs> I, w- I will definitely say if you're considering starting a business or you just want to kind of get involved in the community and see what's going on, I would also say get involved in those public forums. Like if there is an opportunity to go see what city council is talking about, you know, mm. in, in a council meeting or 
a, an organization that does a larger, you know, meetup where they're talking about new developments coming into the city or whatever that might be. If you are trying to start a local business, for sure, definitely know what's coming, what's kind of happening, be a voice in that, because it's going to be beneficial. I think a lot of local businesses uh, getting started don't realize the opportunities they have marketing wise, PR wise, connection wise, mm-hmm. under that city umbrella, you know, city organizations, CBBs, chambers, I mean, there's so many different ways to get involved. And it's, and even if you're not starting a business and you just kind of want to know what's happening in your, in your city and what's mm-hmm. coming and be a tourist in your own backyard, just get involved and understand your city organizations, what they do and just go listen, just go have a listen. Maybe it's once a month. It's not that much time, but it really kind of gives you some perspective on what's happening. And, in, mm-hmm. and a lot of it impacts everybody in some right. way. Right. You know? right. right. I'm going to give a final thought on the, the women in business perspective, mm-hmm. um, especially like a woman in tech, you know, yeah. in, in coming up in that time. I, yeah. My suggestion is to just understand uh, you younger people in the workforce, uh, please adopt a Gen X woman or a boomer woman <laughs> because there wasn't as much space for us coming up. So we thought yeah. we were terrible to each other because there were only a couple of slots where the boys would let us sit at the table. Right. So I think now there's so much more of an open and collaborative environment. And we just I think we cannot drop the ball on that. We have to continue to help each other. At least we don't have that limited space anymore. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then that goes right mm-hmm. along with what we always say, right? Yeah. So that's huge. I think that's very valuable. And if you are in that position, whether you're on the mentor side or you're seeking a mentor and you're feeling like, well, where do I find one? Maybe there isn't an option at you know your, your job. Or right. that's when we mm-hmm. talk about those organizations like SCORE through the SBA and other organizations like the Chamber or right. that have women that have been through it and they would not <laughs> love to be a mentor or at least offer mm-hmm. you know a, an ear so you can vent about what's going on. Right? Or if nothing else have them connect you with someone who can help right. you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we get that we get that a lot. And I always encourage people like if you have a question or you have a problem like if I don't know it I probably know somebody who does or know mm-hmm. someone who knows someone who does right. and I have no problem being that connecting person for mm-hmm. yeah. for someone yeah. I love that that's good to hear I'm so glad that you guys came on the show it was really really nice to meet you I learned a lot yes and um, yeah and welcome back to East Texas and I know Jen's yes. gonna have to come visit at some point right <laughs> yeah she she's already been here what twice okay so she yeah. comes to visit all the time okay we want yes. to do a little happy hour or something yeah, and get together only if it's like, French 75s at Rick's Okay, okay, we're in. (laughs) How can our listeners find out more information about you guys and Destination Innovate and find your podcast and and all of that good stuff? DestinationInnovate.com. Easy peasy. Pretty easy. Or find us on LinkedIn, Jen Barbie, Kristen Cruz. Google us, you'll find us. Yeah. Yeah, I've really been enjoying the articles that you guys post on your LinkedIn page. So those are really helpful, interesting articles, especially awesome. if you're in the tourism okay. industry or are a business person. They're very, very helpful. And we'll include Thank that you. info on our show notes too for the listeners. So Awesome. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank we you can't for wait to us. catch up with y'all again. And until next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, I definitely feel like I learned even more than what I thought I was going to get out of that. That was a ton of information. I feel like I've known him forever. I told you. I told you. I was like, I know, Sierra, that you are going to get along with. We'll all get along, of course, because we kind of have those like-minded right encouraging but it was even a surprise spirit. to you that they were native like east texas roots and then kind yeah, of yeah somehow i missed that yeah that's um, huge i i thought Kristen was coming back to you of course we sucked her back in yeah. to east texas <laughs> but um i didn't remember that she had grown up here um so well, that's, that's good a, we're trying is. to get jen back here too well it's a it's really um and a unique perspective to have when you do that kind of job right I mean you're working in tourism you're trying to to have that perspective so if you have always grown up in this big city and then they're like mm-hmm. oh come to East Texas and work on this arts council and you'd be like well this well, what is, is there yeah I yeah. know <laughs> there's no connection here so yeah they I did they did say that when, when they came to visit they were surprised at how many assets we had right too so it's we weren't hiring them to come up with assets, right? Or because there's a lack of assets. Sure, sure. We're we're hiring them to organize our assets. <laughs> get your asset organized, girl. Get our <laughs> assets in order. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. So that was fun to to hear that, and then the fact that you know she had come back, and that's kind of a full circle story there. Full circle loop. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting to hear them talk about the quality of the arts here in East Texas as compared to some of the other places that they've worked and, and lived. I, I don't and get the sense that they are the type of women that would just say that to make you feel good. They just oh, wouldn't say it yeah. at all. So yeah. the fact that it's being said, um, yeah. that's that's really huge. And I hope that that gives people that are creative and artistic and, and whatever form, because that could take on many, many, different, many things, yeah. that maybe feel like, you know, I don't have my people here or I haven't mm-hmm. found my connection. And Your people so are here. They are, yeah. So so finding that, and I think um, through what Tyler is doing and how they're going to kind of shape and grow this council is going to help that. Mm-hmm. That's a well, huge it, missing piece. It's a collective because yeah. we're cooler than a council. <laughs> That's right. You're a collective. I love <laughs> like it that's a very artsy way of saying council I'll take it <laughs> I'll take it no that's very cool so I hope that our listeners gained um, some valuable information I feel like I did sure of course and if you ever have any questions feel free to reach out to us or we're always looking for topics and businesses and stories of East Texas to highlight it's our favorite thing to do to learn other people's stories and share that with our listeners so we all kind of feel like we're a collective that's right a collective. working in this industry together Mm -hmm. well in the area together so you can reach out to us anytime on our website etxpodcast.com of course on social media as well we release a new episode every other week and until next time it's it's all good good in the piney woods. woods